I would like to welcome you to Dynamic Web Church today. We are honored to bring this message of grace into your house. Thank you for allowing us into your house and that we could come to you and minister this word of grace. I believe and trust that it's going to impact your life, that your heart's going to be open for this. And I do believe that this message of grace will manifest the life of God that He led on your behalf in your life today. Amen. Now that might sound a little bit complicated, but it's actually very easy and we will definitely speak on that in the session to come. We are, today is our last session where we're going to speak on change and how change works and uh, what Jesus did on our behalf in order to change. Sometimes it's so difficult for us to change, but uh, we've, uh, we've discussed and we've realized that the only lasting change is effortless change. And if we don't change, change effortlessly, we will only have to keep up our hard work in order to change, but we labor to enter into the rest. That means we give our effort, we give our life, we give our um, time and energy to rest in the message of grace and hear what Jesus has said. Now, so, like with you, you are laboring to enter into the rest. That means you are using your time to listen to what I've got to say today so that you can experience more of the rest of Jesus Christ. Man, that is it. Amen. It's not this hard work thing. It's not works for righteousness. It is uh, all about what Jesus has done for you. You know, the Lord demands righteousness. You read the law, it says, Thou shalt do this. And it demands righteousness. But uh, Jesus does not demand righteousness from you. He gives you righteousness as a gift. If you can't receive it as a gift, you cannot have it at all. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, to all our first-time viewers, I would like to just send, uh, give you a special welcome and say welcome to Web Church. I do believe that you are so precious to God. Maybe you just say, well, I've, I've heard about this. I've slotted in for the first time. I'm not sure what this is going to be. I want to just put your mind at rest by telling you this is a place where we're going to tell you what God has done for you freely tell you how special you are for God, that He was willing to exchange or give His Son for you to be saved. Hallelujah! Isn't that awesome? That's what you're going to hear today. If you're a first-time viewer, man, I believe that you are going to be impacted. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be touched by God. Hallelujah! Now, let's get a little bit uh, into the Word, or not into the Word, into the vision of the church, which I've hidden here in the Word. Amen. And I would like to share with you a little bit about the vision of Dynamic Web Church and what we are here for and what we stand. It says here, and this is what we wrote down, it comes out of our heart, and I believe this is the vision of God for Dynamic Web Church. It is to be a church family that is fully functional by grace, established in righteousness and God's love for us, reaching the world through the power of God that manifests from life established in what Jesus has done for them. Amen. To be a church family that is fully functional by grace. So this church family, the way we function, the way we preach, the way we do uh, gospel crusades as a family, and in future I'll discuss to you and share the vision with you concerning those things, the way we reach out to other people, the way we train our pastors, everything, we are functional by grace. The, the uh, energy or the blood in our veins is grace blood. If I can put it that way. That's what gives us our life. That's what flows in our veins. We are established in righteousness and in God's love for us. That's Dynamic Web Church. And that is the vision with you. To get you established in the love of God and in righteousness. And I know there are many of you that are listening today that are established already and just listen to this just as a um, confirmation on what you already have. Hallelujah. I don't want you to believe that we are always trying to establish you, trying to establish you. No, we're not trying to establish you. Once you've established you, you're established. Amen. And then you're just part of the established part of the church. Amen. Hallelujah. And so many times we think that we're forever learning from, from people and we're never going to get there. I remember one time I, I uh, trained a lot of pastors in evangelism and they thought I'm going to have this five or ten sessions and stuff. So I gave them a 15-minute teaching and then we went into the street and uh, I, sh- I sh- shared with them and showed them how to heal the sick and got some people there with crutches and God healed them and those type of things happened. And you know, <laughs> man, it's awesome. Then they went out and people got saved. 30 people got saved. Now that's more than what some of them have in their congregation. That's not, and the 30 that got saved didn't get saved through me. That's what got saved through the pastors 
winning the lost in the marketplace, telling people about Jesus. Amen. So many times we are so into, I must be educated, I must still learn more, I must come under this man of God. And Man, get out of that. Get into what God has done for you freely. You are qualified. Amen. Reaching the world through the power of God that manifests. So we're going to reach the world through the power of God that manifests from lives established in what Jesus has done for them. Amen. The power of God is going to manifest out of your life in what Jesus has done for you, for you are established in this message of God's unconditional love. Amen. I, want, I would like us to uh, pray together and then I'm going to speak a little bit about worship. We're going to get right into the worship man, and you're just going to enjoy that. And then a little bit about finances after the worship and right into the Word of God. Let's just pray together. Father, I thank you for all the people that just congregated today around uh, this broadcast at computers all over the world, listening to me right now. And I thank you, my God, for your love in their hearts. I thank you that you speak through me and encourages them. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Now, um, when we worship, so many times we think that worship is this thing that God demands. You know, you have been created to worship God. That's why God, God needed worshipers and that's why He made you. You must worship God. Man, <laughs> that's not the Word of God. That's not the truth, you know. Um, as if God says, well, I need people to worship me. You know, I'm just God here, you know. Whoa, I'm just dripping with, 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 I need worshipers. I need worshipers. Come on, come on, I need worshipers. That's not who God is. That's not what God does. So many times we believe these foolish things and I, I, I just, man, I've preached it. I've been under that. My deepest um, calling is to be a worshiper of God. I must sing to God. Man, that's not the truth. You know, there are some people that don't even like music. There's some people that cannot sing. There's some people that don't like singing. And now they are forced to sing. Now, how can that be? The word worship that I want to talk about is the word proskuneo. Now, there are many words for the word worship. One of them is proskuneo. Thou shalt worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. That word worship there, um, translated into the Greek, uh, is to have reverence or to lick the hand of your master like a dog licking the hand of his master. That's what it means, to lick the hand of the master. Now you might say, Bertie, but how are we going to lick the hand of God? And that's exactly what I want to talk about. When you lick somebody, you put your tongue on his hand. And when you put your tongue on his hand, it means, and I believe if we look a little bit at typology, it is you're putting his work. Hand speaks of works. Tongue speaks of speaking or in your mouth. You put his work on your tongue. That's true worship. When you truly worship God, you're putting His work on your tongue. What He has done for you, what He's doing for you, just the work of the cross, Jesus Christ, God's love for you. We put that on our, on our tongues and we sing it and say it back to God. Hallelujah. You can worship God without singing, man. You can. There's a difference to me between singing and worshiping God. Uh, singing is included in worshipping God. But I can worship God through what I do. I can worship God through what I say. And especially if you take the uh, Greek word for worship, proskuneo, that means you say what Jesus has done for you. Amen. That's worship. Now, in this worship session, um, which is, consists out of music, we've put uh, music for you there with words that is proskuneo. The words of what Jesus has done for us, His great love, and we sing that out of a heart of gratitude for what God has done for us because He is so good. I would like you to enjoy this worship. It's really going to touch your heart and we talk right after the worship. Enjoy this. Well, wasn't that just so, so awesome? You know what makes Jesus holy, what makes God holy is the fact that He is merciful. Hallelujah. That is what makes Him different to other gods. The word holy means to be separate or different. And what makes God different from um, from Allah or this God or that God or Buddha or any other God is the fact that He is absolutely merciful. He doesn't preach a do's and don't doctrine. He brings forth life out of His obedience on your behalf. And that's what makes God who He is. That's what, is, what Christianity is all about. Just the mercy and the grace of God. Amen, man. Isn't that absolutely awesome? Well, I've enjoyed that worship and I trust that you've enjoyed that and uh, you can just listen to this again in the archive um, just over and over. It will just bless you. If you download it, 
you will be able to forward and rewind as you like. If you watch it online, you will not be able to do that. So you can only rewind, but you can't go forward. So uh, if you download it, you've got it on your computer. You can um, cut a CD or a DVD and give it to some of your friends and it can really touch their lives. Hallelujah. Just once again, welcome to everybody that has joined in Dynamic Web Church today. Today is a special day because it's the birthday of my oldest son and um, I'm going to ask him to come here. I want to pray for him. Come here, Aubrey. Hallelujah. This is my oldest son, Aubrey, and uh, today he's 12 years old. And man, what an honor to have him in our house. He's a child with a heart for God and soft-spirited, really. Um, the presence of God is just upon him, and it's just an honor for me to have you as a son, Aubrey. Yes, Pastor Sienna's Bible for you. Okay, I'm going to pray for him. People, you can just stretch forth your hands and, and just pray with me for him. And I do believe that he's just going to have such a blessed life, such a blessed year. And just the presence of God will be upon his life. Amen. Father, I thank you for my son. I thank you that you have given him to us for the honor that we can have him with us. I thank you, my God, that I could have the opportunity to teach him your message of grace and your message of love. And I thank that you will grow up in that. I speak over him a mind that will only understand grace, a mind that cannot understand the law that will never bear fruit in his life, that life will come forth more and more out of his being. Thank you for the holiness you've given him. Thank you for the understanding of grace you've already given him. I thank you that he will only grow up to be, um, uh, to manifest and walk out the life of a man of God that he truly is. Thank you for that, my God. I bless him with a wonderful year, with health, um, peace, joy, good friends, a wonderful time in school, and all of that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Sian. Purposely for you. Well, hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? We are a family in uh, Dynamic Web Church. If, um, if, you're, if you want to become a member of the church, you can just, uh, you will see on, the, on our website, if it doesn't come up in the next week or two, uh, there must be something wrong. I don't know. We've got somebody working on it at the moment, getting the application form onto the website, and on that we will know what your birthday is, we'll pray for you, we'll bless you, and all of that, man, we just want to tell you that God loves you, He cares for you, and He wants you to be part of a family where people has got the mindset of grace. The safest place in the world is to be at a place where grace is the foundation of everything, where mercy is the foundation of everything, where we are influenced by God and by who He is. That's the safest place for you to be. So many times we think, you know, that you, we are rebellious if we don't want to be part of a system that makes us feel that we're not worthy, that makes us feel that we've got no dignity and no worth. That emotion that you experience there of, of um, I don't want to be there, is actually of God. God has given us and He's built into our system the, um, the ability to experience pain. Not that... Um, God gives us the pain, but we have got an ability to experience that. We've got an ability to experience rejection. Now, the reason why that is in us is so that we can know where we belong. If you feel a place, in, in a certain place, you feel rejection all the time, you feel that hurt, that pain, you don't belong there. Especially when it comes to church and, and things like friendships and that type of thing. Man, you don't have to be part of that. God's given you that ability to experience that. God has put a nerve system in our physical bodies so that we can protect ourselves through that. So that if you could feel or experience pain, you can know that's not where I belong. That's not what God has for me. Not, remember, I want to say this again. Not that God is the author of the pain. God doesn't want us to have any pain. But because this is a broken world and that there are things that can break us and kill us, um, uh, we have that ability. And that happens to us. Rejection happens to us and it's an uh, outflow of, of, of a place where we are not experiencing the presence of God and the true acceptance of God. When we experience pain and hurt in relationships, in churches, in things like that, it's just an outflow of uh, a message that's not really grace-based. And people that don't live by the grace of God. Amen. Today we're going to continue to speak on... Um, change and this is the, like I said this is the last session on change and I've got an awesome message just before that I want to just uh, give some of the announcements we've got a crusade from the 16th until the 2nd of, of March 
we are going to Rustenburg, so we're not going to be here next Sunday and the Sunday after that and the one after that, but we have already made our recordings for those Sundays, so you can really slot into that. It will only not be live, but we will also have our, our um, discussions afterwards. The whole thing will be as normal. It will just not be live like right now. And the word that, um, that I've ministered was, man, it's so, so powerful. I was so blessed yesterday when I made those sessions and I spoke about um, the identity challenge and how we are challenged and how we walk in victory when we are challenged in our identity. And man, there was just some wonderful, fresh uh, things that came out of there, uh, new applications of the grace of God in areas of our life. You really need to watch that. It will just bless you. Okay, then our, our broadcasting times are changing as from next Sunday. We are broadcasting at 10 o'clock in the morning, South African time, and then our rebroadcast has moved from 5 until uh, 20.30 in the evening, half past 8 in the evening, and that is just so much more convenient for people. And our cell groups, we are still busy um, streamlining that. Uh, Elise Grobler is moving from Canada at the moment. She's watching in the hotel room. Uh, and from there gonna, she's going to get on the, onto the plane and tomorrow she'll be in South Africa and I think once she's here we're going to just get this whole thing streamlined on how we're going to run the cell groups we'll have the groups um, we'll put you in a group and you can with your group decide on a time in the week when, we, when you can further discuss the word that we preached on Sunday Amen well bless God I am so so excited about what God is doing we are uh, going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And uh, verse 14. Now this is a very, very powerful... Um, now this is going to fall off. Let me rather put it in the Bible. Because I've got the aircon blowing on me here. Right, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we read from verse 14. It speaks about the law, and I've touched on this in the pre- on the previous Sundays, and I think I've ended off with this in uh, last Sunday. Now, I want to pick it up right here, and this is going to bless you. You must realize that the only change that there can be in a person that is lasting is effortless change. If you don't experience the change that comes into your life that is, that is there because of what Jesus has done for you, that change will not last. and will only last as long as what you put in effort. Now, I've seen many people these days, they go into this new age type of positive thinking thing, you know, like uh, if you just think right and if you're just friendly, then your life's going to change and all of that. And it does change. But it's only as long as what you put in effort and by your power you must do those things and change and all of that. These days we get many people uh, preaching, but they're actually motivational speakers and not preaching change from the perspective of what Jesus has done. Now, the only lasting change is the change that manifests because of what Jesus has done for us. Any other change is human efforts. It is not lasting before God. It's not of the same quality as what it is when it comes through Jesus. You know, you can take a a piece of glass and you can go to a diamond cutter and they can cut it and it can look just like a diamond. You know, even in in these... um, in places in South Africa where they've got these big diamonds, they will say, this is a, like a replica of the real one. It looks just like that. The same cut, the same angles, everything. It looks just like the real one. But the only difference is, this one is glass and the other one is a diamond. Now, even if it looks the same, it is not the same. Even if you cannot see the difference with your eyes, um, if it's not from God, it's not the real thing. Talking about change. You can, like I said Uh, uh, previously, you can teach a parrot to ring just like a telephone and it will sound like a telephone, everything will be like a telephone, but you cannot answer the call by picking up the parrot. You cannot do that. It will not work because the parrot is not a telephone. In the same way with change. You can sing the right tunes, you can start to do the right things, but if that doesn't come out of a revelation of what Jesus has done for you, and if it is not Christ living in you, but you trying to live like Christ, it's not the change that God intended for you, it's not effortless change, it will uh, make you tired, it will break relationships between you and other people, it will make you self-centered, and, um, and your vision will, will not be, your mind will not be that of God. You will look like 
Jesus. You will act like Jesus, but you will not, it will not be Jesus in you and living through you. So, what I'm trying to say about that is, let's not try to change by our own effort. Let's just walk in a revelation of the grace of God. And as we walk in the revelation of what Jesus has done for us, and how um, He did it all for us, as we proskuneo, worship God, like I've explained, proskuneo, like a dog licking the hand of his master, licking the hand, taking the hand, the works of the master, putting it on your tongue. That's worship. If we walk in worship towards God, if we can have our mouth flooded with what Jesus has done for us, because we have habitually listened to and meditated upon what He has freely given to us, to the point that our heart is so full of it, that it flows out of our mouth, you will find change. You will find God bringing the change. Not you changing. Now, I have changed before in my life by my own efforts. It, if I really put in a lot of willpower, it can last six months. And then it's all over. And uh, I've got a friend, and he said to me eventually, he said, Bert, you know, I've looked at people, man, people don't change. They change for a time, but they don't change forever. And that's true. It's because it's human effort. It's because people decide to. It's like a husband and a wife. I mean, the wife gets upset. She decides to pack her things and leave. The husband all of a sudden changes. Man, that change is based on fear. That change is based on uh, rejection, the fear of rejection. That change is based on fear of what's going to happen to the children and all of that. And he decides to change his way of thinking. All he does is he decides to be lenient towards her, but in his heart he still feels the same thing, he still thinks the same thing, he is just the same, but on the outside he changes through willpower. Now that's not the change that we want. We want change that comes out of our innermost being, out of our core, out of uh, God living in us, so that we don't uh, uh, just say the right things because that will just save the situation. But because we want to say the right thing because that's what we believe in our hearts and that's how we live. Amen. And the only way for that to happen is for Christ to live in you and because Jesus Christ did it all upon the cross for you. He did all the changing that we had to do. Amen. When Adam changed from righteousness to unrighteousness, he changed you. When Adam received sickness, when Adam received all... I mean, when he sinned, and in one of the cell group meetings we had, the one guy said it so beautifully, he said, um, he said we, were talk, we talked about the fullness of sin. He didn't just receive unrighteousness, but he received the fullness of sin. That means sin and the consequences thereof. He received it. Adam received it on our behalf, and then his descendants... Had, they sat with the consequences. They had to bear the consequences of what Adam took on their behalf. He took cancer on their behalf. He took an attitude of selfishness on their behalf. He took it. And then without people even trying to believe for it, trying to receive it, they received it because of him, because he changed all of mankind. He changed them. In the same way, Jesus came and he changed us. He changed you from unrighteousness to righteousness. When you believe, you experience that change and the true change happens in your life and you are changed from, uh, righteous, from, from unrighteousness to righteousness. Now, I want to just make this clear. We are saved by faith. The Bible says we are saved by the faith of Jesus. So, when Jesus believed, He believed on your behalf and He brought forth salvation out of His faith. And now, when we believe, we believe that His faith was enough. So, our, this whole salvation thing is by grace through faith. In other words, so it's by the influence of Jesus, by His faith, through us that believe in what He's done for us. And that's how we've experienced change the first time we gave our life to Jesus. And so many times we see this change, we, we change directly after we got saved. And then many times you get this gradual falling back into sin and condemnation and all of those type of things. And that's just because of an unrenewed mind. And most of the time that can be because you really try to change and to be more like Jesus and you realize that you cannot do it and then you've just felt, man, I'm not a real Christian. Maybe this born-again thing wasn't real. It wasn't really from God. It was just a mind thing and all of that. And man, that's the fruit of trying to change by your own efforts. But when Jesus has done it for you and you believe it, and you experience that peace in your heart. Man, that is what we really want. The real thing. 
when we had this worship on me, I just felt tears in my eyes, thinking that I can sing to the Lamb of God. I can sing majesty to our King for what He's done for me. With an understanding that says, He changed me. He changed my life. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, that was just a recap on what we had in the previous, I think, over the previous three Sundays. Now, let's get to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 14. Um, let's read from verse 13. It says, And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look at the end of that which is abolished, but their minds were blinded, for until this day remains the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So what he says here, he says that our minds or, or people's minds are blinded when they read the law. But the blinding of the mind, the blinding of the, the eyes of your mind is taken away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Say these words with me. Say, even until this day. So many times people don't believe that. Even until this day, when Moses is read. Now, you can't read Moses himself. You read what Moses wrote. And what Moses wrote was the law. And those first five books of the Bible. That's what he wrote. When you read with that mentality, and let me tell you something, you can read Moses in many things. It's just the way it is. Like, uh, if you get a, a, a new president in your country, you will see things change. And you can read that president in the things that happen. In the same way, you can read Moses in Corinthians. You can read Moses in Romans. You can read Moses in Acts. You can read Moses even in Galatians. You can read Moses. If you've got a Moses mindset, a law mindset. But when you... And that's the whole thing. The moment you start to read the law and you've got a law perspective, all you can see is law. Nothing else. You study the Bible. Everything you see is, yes, man, but this confirms what I believe. I believe the law. And here I see the law. And this is the, this is the way it is. And you think it's the gospel. Man, it's a, such a deadly thing. Let me put it this way. You cannot give somebody a revelation. What I've seen that helps a lot in receiving a revelation is hearing grace over and over and over and over and over for a long period of time without hearing the law. Because then your mindset slowly starts to change and then you start to see. Because if you hear grace over and over, then the veil is being lifted. Then you start to see this grace thing. It starts to make sense for you. All of a sudden, the wisdom of the world that keeps you away from knowing God is out of your mind. You start to get the wisdom of God, which is Jesus obeyed on your behalf. When you get the wisdom of God in your life, not by what you do for God, but by what He's done for you. When you get that into your mind, all of a sudden you start to see, man, yes, now I'm reading grace. I see grace in, in Second Corinthians. I see grace in uh, Philippians. I see grace in Thessalonians. I see grace everywhere now. Why? Because you're, the, the, the veil that was over your eyes that caused you only to see darkness, I mean, when you are veiled you, on, from the inside, you see darkness. You're only able to see darkness. And when you're able to see darkness... And that's all you see. Man, if the revelation that's in you is a revelation of the law, how dark will your life not be? That's what the Bible teaches. Okay, now, this veil, this law thing is taken away in Jesus Christ. Okay, nevertheless, um, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, I want to just explain that scripture quickly. So many times we think, you know, where the outpouring of the Spirit is. Where people pray in tongues. There is liberty. Now, that's not true. I've seen so many people, as a matter of fact, most of the people that I know that pray in tongues is in bondage. They're not free. I've been to church services. I have, I've been, I mean, I've conducted services where people fell out under the power. They were flat on the ground and they were bound. They were laughing on the ground. They were, man, jumping up and down. But they were bound. Now, I want to put it this way. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It's not to say where the outpouring of the Spirit is, there is liberty. 
Now you might say, but what is that? Now let me explain this. It says here, where the Spirit of the Lord. Now when I talk about Spirit of the Lord here, you must realize that this part in Second Corinthians speaks of doctrine. It speaks of the doctrine of the law or the doctrine of grace. And what it says is where the law is, there you die. I mean, Second Corinthians 3, 7. It says, uh, but if the ministration of death, which was written and engraved on stones. So, the ministration of death is the law. Then he says here, but where the Spirit of the Lord is, the teaching of grace, and I'll prove it to you now from, from Scripture, where the teaching of grace is, there is liberty. I've seen so many churches, people are flat under the power of God, but they teach the law and people are not free. Where the teaching of grace is, there is liberty. That word spirit there doesn't just mean spirit like in the Holy Spirit. It, all, it speaks of the personality of Jesus, the attitude, the atmosphere, the aura, if you want to use that word, that was around Jesus. Where that is, where that mindset of Christ is, there is liberty. Amen. Now it says here, but we all with an open face, that means... Um, that means with a faith that, faith that doesn't have a law mindset, but the, it's got a grace teaching inside it, with that face we behold the glory of the Lord and are changed into the same glory because we behold this glory as in a mirror. That's what the Bible says there. When you look into the glory of God with a grace mindset, you say, when I see Jesus and His holiness and His righteousness, I see myself. But the law mindset says, when I see the law, when I see my sins, then I see myself. That's the law mindset. The law mindset says when I see the things in my life that's wrong, then I see myself and I better change myself. But the grace mindset says when I see Jesus, I see myself. That's what it says. Let's read it. But we all with an open face. What is an open face? A face where the veil has been lifted. What is this veil? This veil is the law. Okay. When that is lifted up, then you start to look at Jesus. I want to put it this way. Before you... In, if you're not in the message of grace, you've never seen Jesus. You don't know God. You don't know who He is. You don't have the faintest idea of who He is. Because you've never seen Him. You don't know how He acts. You cannot see. You can read about Jesus. Let me tell you something. You can read Matthew, Mark and Luke and never see Jesus. If you've got a law mindset, Jesus can appear in front of you and you'll never see who He is. It's the truth. It's the way it was. There was the Pharisees. They could never see who Jesus was. For the Lord blinded them to who He was. He would come and do a miracle. Then they would say, but it was upon the Sabbath. This man is not from God. What you believe is what you see. If you've got a law mindset, you cannot see salvation by the grace of another person. It would be so difficult for you to believe. And that's why Paul prayed, and that's what I pray for my son today. And that's what I pray for people. Thank you, my God, that you give us an enlightened mind. A mind full of the light of the grace of God. Because if your mind can be enlightened, you, your, your faith can change, your belief can change, your, then you will find how God changes your life in the physical manifestation of things in this normal life. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, as I start to preach this message on change, I must be honest, I think it's one of the times that I am the most at peace ever. I experience such a peace. I don't care what happens to me. I've got no stress in that, nothing. I've just got this peace inside me that is greater than anything I've ever experienced, that is greater than anything uh, that's ever been in my mind. I've got this peace, man. I don't care what happens around me. Not because I say, well, I don't care because I'm careless. No, I'm like that one song says about the birds. It says, look at the birds of heaven. They are careless in His care. Amen. You, to be careless in the care of Jesus because of this revelation. You know, I, there would be times when people stress. And what I would stress, but as I realized this more, that I don't have to try to change. He changed me. He's already changed me. I found such a peace and I am changing. Because there's no law in my mind when it comes to looking at Jesus. When you look at Jesus with a law mindset, you will see, oh, I've got this shortcoming. Oh, I need this and I need this and I need this. But when you with an unveiled face look at Jesus, you don't see what you need to be like Him. You see that you are like Him. And then as by the Spirit, 
you are changed into the very same image. Man, isn't that so, so powerful? Let's read it. It says, But we all, doesn't talk about everybody, talking about the people that's got an unveiled face, with an open face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now, um, yeah, let me read on. Are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So he says here, with an unveiled face, you look into the glory of God, and when you look into the glory, you are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, Romans chapter 8, we're going to get into that, explains that in depth. And um, man, that is so awesome. So, when you look into the glory of God, now let's just first have a look at what the glory of God is. For, for those of you who are joining me now for the first time, uh, John chapter 1, I've touched on this, I think basically in every Sunday, for the last three, four Sundays. This is what it says. It says, um, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And now it explains this glory and what this glory consists out of. It says, Full of grace and truth. Amen. Full of grace and truth. So when you look into the glory of God with an unveiled face, when you look into this grace of God, when you look into the truth of God, no consciousness of sin, and you see the, that perfect Jesus that could do all of that, you see yourself. Amen. When you look at a man so perfect, so righteous, that he could bring salvation to all people, that is absolutely, man, God absolutely approves of him. He's got a good report with God. He's got a, uh, uh, um, his CV is the best you can find. When you look at a Jesus that could be so gracious, the influence he had, the, the, the characteristics he has, the attributes about such a person, the life that's in him, the energy that's in him. When you look at such a person, when you look at Jesus by looking into grace and truth, you're looking at yourself. That's what the Bible says, because we look into that grace as in a mirror. In other words, when you look at what Jesus done on the earth and how He obeyed, you look at how you obeyed, because He obeyed on your behalf. When He came and He healed the sick, it's just as good as what you've done. You look at what you do and who you are. That's what you... And even more, that's just one part because Paul says we knew Him according to the flesh but we don't know Him like that anymore. Now, when you look into heaven and where He sits at the right hand of the Father and that picture I had on about His glory and all of that, I mean, that is just man's, a man-made idea of who God is. That's not truly what it is. Just a man-made idea and maybe the closest we can get out of our human minds and efforts. But when we look into that, we see as in a mirror. And then we are changed as we look into grace by the Spirit of the Lord. Now it says here, we are changed by the Spirit of the Lord. So what changes you? So many times we think it's just the Holy Spirit that changes us. Yes, the Holy Spirit changes us. He's the one that supernaturally comes and brings forth a change in your life. But what changes us is the attitude of Jesus. Not you having an attitude like Jesus, but the attitude of Jesus, His personality, who He is, the teaching of grace, that's what changes you. It's so far from what we've heard for so many years that we must change ourselves. You better get right. Now remember, you now change. I mean, you've, you've received Jesus now, so better get your act together and act like a Christian. That's not the Gospel. That is Moses in the name of Jesus. It's not the Gospel. It's just Moses. It's just death in a candy-coated death. It's like... Um, Tamik with chocolate over it. Now, if you don't, those of you who don't know what tamik is, is the poison they use uh, to kill some of the worms in the ground for when they grow potatoes. Man, that stuff is so poisonous. Um, they don't just they don't tell you that thing. I mean, I've used it when I planted cabbage. It's so poisonous. If you walk bare feet, you can be poisoned in that ground. 
Okay, but it takes 30 days to break down, then it's not there anymore. But it's like, and it's so poisonous, you get one milligram of that, you die. That's how poisonous that stuff is. Now, that's the way the law is. It's exactly just like that. But it's just candy coated. When it comes like, you know, you're a Christian now, now you better change, you better be right, you better be this, change your attitude, you, uh, um, you, you should get rid of this and this and this in your life. How are you going to get rid of it? You've tried for 10 years, you're not getting it right. Now another man comes with greater condemnation trying to get you to change. Even you, you might be that man coming with greater condemnation towards you, trying to change yourself. You're not going to change that way. And if you change that way, it's not what God wants for you. God wants to live in you. That's it. Amen. Let's read this again. But we all with an open face and uh, a mindset that's not law-based are looking in as in a mirror at the glory, the grace and truth of Jesus Christ, our Lord, which is the Spirit of grace. Um, And we are changed into the very same image. How? By the Holy Spirit through this message of grace. Now you might say, Bertie, how can you say that the Holy Spirit is the message of grace? Um, Let's go and show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So you can know where the Holy Spirit is and how the Holy Spirit manifests. You know, so many times we think the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or where the Spirit is is where people pray in tongues. Now, I don't have anything against praying in tongues. I pray in tongues myself. Hallelujah. I've got nothing against prophecy. I prophesy myself. I've got nothing against signs and wonders and miracles and healings. I do it myself in Jesus' name. Amen. And the Holy Spirit does those things. But so many times we want to say, that is now the Spirit of the Lord and that's where the Spirit of the Lord is. Now, let me tell you uh, a greater way to know where the Spirit of the Lord is. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So the Holy Spirit is the one that will uh, explain to you, tell you, bring the message that says what you have freely received of God. So when the Holy Spirit heals somebody, He heals that person, and I've seen it so many times in, in, in crusades, I, they've, He heals that person just be, to show to that person, I love you, I want to heal you free of what you do. Most sinners get healed like this. Because the Holy Spirit is preaching the message of grace through deeds. And then when the preacher gets up and preaches, it should confirm the Holy Spirit. So many times you'll find the Holy Spirit in the meeting when the sick gets healed, but you don't find Him in the message. Because the Spirit of the Lord tells us the things that we have freely received of Christ. That's how you can know if a message is from God or not. If the message does not say you've received it for free, it's not from God. Even if they quote the name of Jesus, even if they shake like Christians, even if they wear clothes like Christians, it's not of God. Sorry to say, I've preached messages that was not of God. Myself, I was born of God, I was saved, but I spoke things that was not of God. And it happens like that all the time. And so many times our mouth is so full of law because our mind is not in the message of grace. So I've got good news for you. There's a God that loves you, that cares for you, that brought grace to you. So, where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the message of grace is, where the attitude, the the deeds and all of that flows that says that you have received freely from Christ. There is liberty. Amen. Maybe you've never felt free. Maybe you're not free of things in your life that you want to be free from. Maybe you need the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. The attitude of God. That's a nice way to put it. The Spirit of the Lord is that God's attitude, His Spirit that's in Him. You know, you'll find people, you will say, you know, that guy has got just, just this negative spirit around him. He's such a negative spirit, you know. It's the same with God, talking about the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is grace. The Spirit of the Lord is, I'll do it on your behalf and then I'll impute all those good things to you, a sinner. Can you believe that? That's the Spirit of the Lord. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Let no man deceive himself. Any man among you seems to be wise in in this world. Don't deceive yourself. If you're wise in this world, if you've got all the self-help stuff in, you, in, your, uh, in your mind, you've got all the self-help books and all of that that we've got these days that, um, man, I tell you, sometimes I'm so shocked to see that Jesus be, is being preached out of the pulpit 
and we are just preaching behavior modification and 10 keys to this and 10 keys to that, helping people to live the Christian life. Let me tell you, if we want to help people to live the Christian life by telling them what, we, what they must do, we're trying to be Jesus. You can't help people to live the Christian life. Jesus will help them. And what we do is, if you want to be part of the help of Jesus, is minister grace and believe grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. Let, um, if any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he might be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For, he, for it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. All this wisdom in how we can change, all this wisdom in how we can have a, a healthy marriage and healthy relationships with our children, all those things, all that wisdom is vain. It's vain compared to knowing the simple grace of God. What makes me a good husband is what Jesus says about me. That's what makes me a good husband. I am not a good husband because I do good things to my wife. That's not why I'm a good husband. I'm a good husband because God made me one in Jesus Christ. That's why I'm a good husband. Hallelujah. And if I was a good husband because of doing good things to my wife, then one day I'll be one, the next day I will not be one. I will not know who I am. I will not know what to believe about myself. I will not know where I've got it with God and my relationship with God. And I will have this roller coaster Christianity in my life. I'm a good father, not because I spend time with my children. I want to say this, and I've said this in the Sundays to come, in the broadcast yesterday. Let nobody tell you you're a good father because you spend time with your children. That's a lie. And many fathers live in condemnation today because they've got jobs, they've got things to do, they've got responsibilities, and they do their best, and you'll never spend enough time with your child, let me tell you that. Because there'll always be more time to spend with him. And now we are so condemned because fathers now, mothers also, we're so condemned because we're not good parents before we haven't done everything right. Let me tell you something, and we need to get this straight. Your right living towards your child does not produce a good child. Now you might say, man, you're off your rocker. How can you say that? Let me tell you the truth. God had a son called Adam. And do you think God is a bad father? Do you think God didn't spend enough time with him? Do you think God did things wrong in order for Adam to be who he was? No ways. God had nothing to do with who Adam became. It was Adam's choice. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not saying that we should not spend time with our children. All that I'm saying is, spend time. I mean, spend time with your son. Spend time with your daughter. Spend time with your wife. Be good to each other. But don't make that the foundation and the cornerstone of success in your family life. For it is not that. If you think it is that, you're going to try to spend more time. You're going to try to, to buy more things. You're going to, and you know what? If you bless your wife today with a car, it's wonderful. You know, and she will feel loved. She might not even feel loved by blessing her with a car. You might think that's the way. I've seen so many times with this love language thing. The, the husband's love language is, is gifts. The wife's love language is physical contact. Now the husband comes and he buys his wife a car. Now the wife says, I don't know why you don't love me. Because she needs a hug. <laughs> and she's hugging him all the time and he says, I don't know why you, why you don't love me because she's not buying him gifts. And we're trying through this effort to make this marriage work. We're trying through this effort to make our family lives work, our businesses work, and it doesn't work. But let me tell you something. If you under the grace of God, and you in this message of grace, you'll find the mind of God in you. And at the right time, you'll do the right thing because God lives in you. And you'll find joy and peace. Amen. Effortlessly. Hallelujah. I hope this helps you. You know, when God said this to me, it really helped me. It really blessed me. You know, because I, I'm away from home a lot. I'm going to go away now for two weeks. And if I come back, 
you know, then I can easily say, you know, did I spend enough time with my children? Are they now stable or not? Oh, now I'm going to leave the ministry for five days and just spend time with my children all the time. It's not natural. They'll ask me, what's wrong, Dad? You know, I want to play with my friends. Now you just want to spend time with me all the time. So, there's a place where we can be natural, where we can just have God live in us, where we can just have the peace of God in us, the joy of God in us. We've got the grace of God in our lives and the right change happens at the right time through the Holy Spirit, through this message of grace. Amen. And when you spend time with your child, some people, they do it for hours. Other person, like what I've done with my son today, for instance. I just felt in my heart I wanted to do this. Maybe this is just what he needed. Maybe he just needed this and and this is more valuable to him than me spending a week with him. Because that might be what he needed today. I don't know. I didn't try and calculate. I just felt in my heart, I want to honor my son. I just want to bless my son and, and tell the whole world, this is his birthday and bless him and have people together agree. Because I love him. And I didn't say, well, you know, that's what I must do when my children get, uh, when's their birthday, we must do that. No. It just came into my heart. I wasn't taught that by my parents. They didn't tell me that. There was no television that that time. The cameras of that time had such a bad view and they were this big. Man, I tell you, we didn't have that. It just comes out of the grace of God that's in my heart. Grace teaches us that God honors you. God blesses you. You feel honored. You feel blessed. As you feel so honored by God, as you feel that God honors you, speaks well of you and all of that, it floods your heart so much that you just want to do it to others because you become like God. Amen. I'm not God, but we like God. I mean, we're victims here, man. He made us like that. We can't help. We must bear the consequences of the obedience of Jesus on our behalf. We must be the consequences of somebody that was perfect, righteous on our behalf. And the consequences that we must bear is joy, peace, happy marriage, successful business, life to the fullest. That's the consequences we must bear. We cannot get away from it. That's the message of grace. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Now, I don't know if we're going to get into the rest of this yeah, I'm not going to go to Romans chapter 8. That is just another 45 minutes. But let's go to uh, Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36. And let's read from verse 25. I just want to read one or two verses prior to this. It says, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries, that's verse 24, and will bring you to your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. So why will we be be clean before the Lord? Because He will make us clean. Amen. It says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean. What is water? The Bible talks about the water of the Word, the washing of the water of the Word. So He will bring a Word over you that declares you clean and righteous and you'll be cleansed by the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and gave His life. And through the blood of the Word, which is Jesus, we are washed. So if you, your Word is not a Word of blood washing you, it will never make you clean. So there's a Word that will cleanse us. It's the Word of the blood of Jesus and what He's done for us. Amen. It will, it will, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols will I cleanse you. Now, let me tell you the filthiness that's in your life. You know who will cleanse you? Jesus. Amen. There's something in your life that might be so filthy. There might be something in your life that you feel, I don't want this. There might be a depression, something pushing you down, something that poverty and all of that that you struggle with. Listen to what God says. He says, I will pour out clean water over you. He will bring an unadulterated word of grace over you. And that word of grace will make you clean. That word of grace is what will cleanse you from your filthiness. That word of grace is what will cleanse you from your idols. So many times we've got a gospel that says, if you want to come to Jesus, leave your idols. Man, just come to Jesus. And you'll see what happens. Come just the way you are. When Jesus called Matthew, 
He never said to him, stop your tax collecting. He never spoke to him about his drinking habits. He never spoke to him about any of the other things he did wrong. Now you got sinners and then you got tax collectors. The sinners were, man, they were bad. Then you get a tax collector. And Jesus called Matthew the tax collector and the words he used to get him saved was the following. Follow me. Two words. Follow me. That's it. It wasn't, you know, you need to change this, repent of this, otherwise you're going to go to hell. None of that. Just said, follow me. For if you follow him, if you follow after the word, what is the word? It's the word of his grace. When you follow after what Jesus done for you, you will find that you change. Don't try to change. Just, and I'm saying this, on behalf of Jesus, not for me, listen to it. This is what Jesus says to you. Follow me. Follow after the word of grace. Follow after the word of mercy. Follow after the word that Jesus was a man that obeyed on your behalf, died on your behalf, was resurrected on your behalf, and is seated at the right hand of the Father on your behalf. Follow after that. That's all. That's, that's our obligation. That's the work God gives us. Just follow after Him. That's it. And everything you need will be added to you. That's what the Bible says. First seek His kingdom and His righteousness. The way He rules, righteousness, peace and joy. And His righteousness. But the way we do it is, we seek His kingdom, His rulership, and then we seek our righteousness. The Bible says, seek His kingdom and His righteousness, how righteous He is on your behalf and everything that you need shall be added unto you. All the finances you need shall be added unto you and all the change you need in this life shall be added to you through Jesus. Man, isn't that awesome? That's the good news. Now listen to what will happen through the word of grace. It says, a new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. Now, who's doing the work here? Man, nowhere have I written that we're supposed to do anything. This is what God says He'll do. He said, I will cleanse you. He said, I will cleanse you from your idols. I will cleanse you from your fault. Through my word of grace, a new heart also, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart. But the way we've, we've had the gospel is God gives you a new heart. Now you better get your life clean. No, He will cleanse you and He will give you a new heart. And, and I will also give you a new heart I will give you, that's a new belief system, and a new spirit, that's now a spirit, your, uh, uh, the born again you, I will give, put within you, I will take away the stony heart, that's the law belief system, out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, that is a grace belief system, and I will put my spirit within you, this message of grace and the Holy Spirit, and he says, and then I will cause you to walk in my ordinances and you shall keep my judgments and do them. <laughs> that is the grace of God. That's the God we serve. Amen. Man, you know, I, I'm not going to teach this through. Let me just read it again. And so many times I've seen Christians, I've preached in many churches, when you read the Bible, they switch their minds off and then they think of something because they've always thought the Bible is difficult. Now, thank God, a web church member is not like that, and even a web church visitor, you're not like that. Amen. You listening to this, and you've got to understand this, let me read it to you. It says here, I will gather you from amongst the heathen. Amen. And that's us. Sometimes we think that's only the Jews amongst the heathen. God's going to put them in Israel up there. And No, no. God gathered the heathen in a new land called the New Jerusalem, which is the church. He gathered us there together from amongst all the nations. He gathers us. Through how? Through the word of His grace. He says, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. God's going to bring His unadulterated word of grace from, um, upon you. And you shall be clean because He cleanses you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And I will cleanse you. So when you've got this message of grace, man, know that you're clean. Hallelujah. A new belief system will I put in you. Man, you're not going to believe that by what I do, I'm justified. You're going to believe by what He's done. Amen. A new spirit will I put within you. In other words, it's a new belief system and a new spirit. And I will take away the stony, the law belief system, the law mindset. By what I do, I become, I'll take that out of your flesh. 
and I will give you a belief system of grace in your physical life today. And I will put my Spirit within you. He'll put the Holy Spirit within you. He'll come and indwell you Himself. And I will, what is your, and He will cause you to walk in His statutes or His principles or His life. Now what is God's principle today? The principle of faith. The law of life in Christ Jesus. He says, I will put, and you will keep my statutes. You'll keep my law. What is His law? If you believe, you're saved. He will, call, he will cleanse you. He will give you a new belief system, a new heart, and He will even cause you, when He indwells you, to keep on believing this good news. Amen. And you shall keep my judgments. I keep the judgment of God. The, the way He judges me, I keep that. He judged me and found me clean. Amen. I shall keep that and I shall do them. I'll find that I live that way towards others. And that is not by my power. He says, I will cause you. The grace of God causes us to do things. That's how we change. Amen. Man, isn't that so, 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 so powerful. Hallelujah. Man, let us just pray together as we've come to the end of this service. Man, I don't know if I'm the only one, but this blessed me. It really blessed me. It makes me just rest in God. That's what the Bible says trust is. Trust is to rest your mind in the integrity of God. To rest your mind in the veracity. Other word for veracity is the habitual observance of truth or into the New Testament, to rest your mind in the fact that God habitually observes Jesus on my behalf. To rest my mind in the friendship of God. The um, Webster's Dictionary says, a friend is somebody that is willing to entertain another person until he desires his presence. Man, that is powerful. I must say it again. I've preached it so many times, but when I say it, it says that my mind just goes, Wee! it's just too much. God calls you His friend. A friend is somebody that is willing to entertain another person with good things until he desires the entertainer's presence. Hallelujah. Do you know why people don't want to pray? Why people don't want to sing songs to God? Why people don't want to go to church? Because the friend that, that has been portrayed in front of them called Jesus was one that never entertained them. That never did good things to them. Was just a commanding friend. Thou shalt, thou shalt, and if you don't do it, I can't help you and I remove you from my life. Man. To believe God is to rest your mind. And as I preach this, as I listen to this, I just find that my mind rests. You cannot rest your mind in the integrity of God. Now you might say, Bhakti, what are you talking about? Let me explain. You cannot rest your mind in the integrity of God. As you listen to a God of integrity, as you see His integrity, as you see His unconditional love, as you read this uh, uh, Ezekiel 36.26, you find that your mind is becoming persuaded of who He is because you see that fact over and over and over and over again. And as as your mind starts to rest and say, this must be the truth because Bhakti says it, Joseph Prince says it, Andrew Womack says it, Steve Willifield says it, Arthur Mankey says it, I hear this guy says it, I see it everywhere. And You know what starts to happen? Your mind starts to rest in the integrity of God. Amen. That's what God has got for you. man. Hallelujah. I don't want to stop to preach, but I'm going to. Let's just pray together. Amen. Oh, Oh yeah, I forgot. Now that I want to pray. We want to take up an offering. If you want to give something towards this ministry, you can do this. Out of this perspective. If you felt this changed you to give something, you are welcome. Amen. And so many times in Africa, people ask me, Beth, you know, how do you financially survive? You give everything away for free and whatever. Yes, I give it away for free and then I just, I receive freely all the time. If I give or not. That's just the way God is. Amen. If you want to give towards this ministry, there's a button on the, um, on the top of the screen under donate. You can donate towards this. And you do this out of a free heart. Listen, man. 
if I find out that you give under obligation to this ministry, I'll give your money back. Because we don't want it. It's only a free heart. Hallelujah. It's only a heart that is changed. That's it. When this grace entered your heart. If you feel stingy, man, feel stingy. If you are stingy, man, be stingy. I'm not going to say don't be like that. All that I can tell you is read this word of grace. He loves you. He cares for you. Amen. His grace is upon you. He, He is so in love with you. He can't wait for you to go to sleep so He can give you a beautiful dream about who He is and how much He loves you and He can't wait for you to wake up to spend time with you. For that's the way He made you. Hallelujah. Isn't that so, so awesome. Now let's pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank You that I can pray for every person that watches Dynamic Web Church today. I speak over You. You are the blessed of God. God honors You because He made You honorable. God cares for You. His light shines upon You. He loves You to the uttermost in Jesus' name. I call you the healed. I call you the blessed. I call you the children of God. Washed in His blood. Amen. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want to say this. If you've never given your life to Jesus, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. And you can right now, right there where you are, when we put this broadcast off and play the music, just say these simple words and say, Jesus, I receive your life. And you will be saved. Say, Jesus, you my Savior. I can't save myself. You, my Savior, you will be saved today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we're going to go over to Rebecca St. James. She's going to sing a nice song of blessing for us. Um, And listen to this and just let this touch you. God loves you and stay in the grace of God. Amen.